The title of my message this morning is Cultivating Habits of a Visionary. Because as far as I'm concerned, you young people are our visionary. Let me make a quotation that somebody said. This is what they said, and I quote, Men don't make their future, don't decide their future, but decide their habits. And habits decide their future. End of quote. And when you say men, it's just human beings. Men don't decide their future, but decide their habits. And habits decide their future. Therefore, being successful in life is premised on the habits that we form. You know, when we read the Bible, we don't note how there are certain habits that God or God's word encourages us to develop and cultivate. For instance, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, and I'm reading the New King James Version, it reads as follows. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Somebody say day and night. Day and night. Shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written there. So, you know, if you meditate in God's word day and night, this suggests this ends up being a daily practice. Am I right? Yes. Am I right? Yes. This leads to being a habit. God says, this book of the law, meditate in it day and night. Not once in a while, but day and night. Then it says that you may observe to do according to what is written in it. And then it says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The word prosperous simply means being successful. So in other words, being prosperous or being successful is determined by how much we will meditate in God's word, not just now and then, but day and night. Which means by so that success, according to what God is saying here, success is a journey. Success is based on doing certain things. There are certain things that when you do, lead to success. But when you don't do, success is not going to be what you realize. And not only do you do these things, you do them, as the Bible says, day and night. They are a habit. They are habits that are good habits. And when we practice those habits, then it leads to good success. The New Living Translation reads, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then. Somebody say only then. Only then. See, there's always an only then. Only then. Only then. Only then what? Only when you have meditated day and night. Only when you have practiced. Only then you will make your way prosperous. Isn't it interesting? It doesn't even say God makes you prosperous. It says you will make your way prosperous. So it means, Barcelona, your success to a large extent. Well, all things been equal now. Now we understand when people have been disadvantaged and all kinds of things have happened. I understand that. However, all in all, it means you need to take responsibility for your life. 
just like these young people who took the responsibility for their lives to do certain things that made them to be high achievers. It didn't just happen. On the day of the examination, it started a long time ago. And it needs to be a habit. The Message Bible, I love it. It says, and, and don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. <laughs> Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you are going. And then you'll succeed. There's always a then. So it means, therefore, success, as I said, according to this verse, is, a, is as a result of certain habit. Which means then, and you young people know this because you did this at school, success is a byproduct of certain habits. There are things that when you do, it will lead to certain things. Success, therefore, as you said, it's a journey. So the question we want to ask ourselves is, what kind of habits do I have? What kind of secret habit do I have? What kind of public habits do I have? Because whatever habits I have are designing my future. When you read the Bible, you note, even our Lord Jesus Christ had certain habits. In the book of Luke, chapter 4, very interesting verse. Verse 16 and 17, it says, Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And, watch this now, as his custom was. As his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It was his custom to go to the synagogue. He had a habit of going to church. It was a habit to invest in his spiritual work. It was a habit. He, it didn't just so happen that no, it was his habit. And note the next verse, very interesting area. And he was handed a book, whole book like that, of the prophet Isaiah. And then he opened the book, watch what it says, and he found the place where it was written and he read the exact prophecy that was prophesied by Isaiah that was referring to the exact moment that was unfolding at that time. Which suggests he wasn't reading that book for the first time. He knew where to find the verse. I was laughing on Wednesday in our service, or Wednesday service, I, I, I had a good chuckle as I was preaching. So, you know, I'm using the iPad, and sometimes if you didn't write the verses down, you kind of want to read them, or sometimes a verse can come to mind. So I just don't like switching in and out of it, going to the Bible. Sometimes it problems, you know these things, ne? they have a problem, they have an attitude, so I'd rather have a Bible. So... Uh, Dr. Chris, I, then I asked for somebody in the audience to, to let me have their Bible, and I wanted to read the Bible. And this lady whom I could tell is not, you know, she's been attending, but I think she's fairly new. She's still learning the things, you know, of, of God, you know. She's still learning. So she had her Bible, and, and, and she gives it to me, and she says to me, I didn't open the exact place. You may just struggle. <laughs> she, she assumes I'm going to struggle because she was struggling. I mean, I had given the chapter and the verse, and she was still struggling, looking at the Bible page in this way, paging that. You know, look, if we like that, go to the index, okay? Don't, 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 don't mind, go to the index. So I just laughed, and I said, you know what? I've been doing this for 37 years, my dear. 
You know, I just took your Bible and just and found the place. But see, you, I can't do that if it's not a habit. It's got to be a habit. I've got to, I've got to read it until I know where to find it. You see, so that thing. So I, I laughed at it. I was teasing, and I said, "Listen, I've done this long." Then I teased, and I said, "Yeah, you couldn't find it, could you?" So after I opened it, I gave it to you. I said, "Shoot, your problems have been solved, right?" But it's got to be a habit. Make it a habit. There are things that should be a habit to you. It was the habit of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen, Bazalara? The New Living Translation puts it this way. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue. There's a thing that you must do just as usual. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read the scripture. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Now watch this now. This is important. Whatever habits you have eventually will affect your life. If what we said is true, that men don't choose their destiny, they choose their habits, and their habits shape their destiny. If that is true, it means that whatever habits you have eventually will affect your life. What's this? If you don't habitually eat healthy food, it will affect your health. If you don't habitually take sufficient rest, it will affect your health. If you, don't, if you have a habit of not finishing tasks, right, it, it will affect you. If you have a habit of not working hard, it will affect you. If you have a habit of just getting discouraged as the first sign of challenges. So in other words, your future is designed by your habits. My future is designed by my habits. So the power of a habit can control your destiny. So the question is, how do I change my habits? You know, because, you know, all of us, there are certain habits, really, we need to change. They're not great. There are some that are good, but there are some habits that are not so great. Now, here it is. The only way to change habits that hold us back and to break them is to be discontented. For as long as we put up with certain things, we're not going to change them. I'm going to show you a very radical scripture in the Bible. I mean, it was like Jesus is being very radical here. Discontent is the seat of change. Write it down. You will never change what you tolerate. Wow. Discontent is the seat of change. So you'll never change what you tolerate. And I've noted this by Jesus. This is why in the early days, as we raised children, without being abusive, by the way, we should be firm in instilling certain disciplines. Because I don't know how to say it in English. Let me see, you'll help me. I don't know English much. You don't help me. <laughs> I don't know how to say it in English. How do you say it in English? And maybe our young people will help us. How do you say it in English? I know you guys, you can speak English. You know, you know, that, you know there's English, ne? There's English, ne? Mara, there's English. You, you guys, you speak. I don't know how to say it in... Why do we instill certain values in children whilst they're still quite young? Well, 
They are more prone to learn when they're young, more open. But we know that if we don't instill it in them, it's going to cause lots of problems in future. Right? So, you'll never change what you tolerate. So, it means if it is that I look around and I see there's this habit in my life, for as long as I defend it, for as long as I explain and say, Ukshugut. How many of you are saying Ukshuguti now? Yeah? It's not going to change. Know this. You will never become what you could be until you become angry with what you are. No. She has a point. You must be angry with you. Instead of explaining, you've got to be angry. Now, anger, Barcelona, with bad habits brings change. Now note, in Matthew 18, when I read this verse years ago, I thought this, this can't be. There's no way. I don't know if you've ever read verses where Jesus said something, you thought, no, he must have meant something else. Probably he did, but I think he did actually use an exaggeration. He used an, a hyperbole to try and get a point across. Note, in Matthew 18, verse 8, he says, if your hand or your foot gets in the way of God, and I'm using the Message Bible, chop it off. Ah, Jesus. Can you believe? <laughs> hey, if your hand or your foot gets in the way of God, chop it off and throw it away. Listen to what he says. He says, you are better off maimed or lame and alive than the proud owners of two hands and two feet, godless in the furnace of eternal fire. Then he says, and if your eye distracts you from God, pull it out. This is, this is brutal. And throw it away. You are better one-eyed and alive than exercising 20-20 vision from inside the fire of hell. This is... This is radical stuff. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying in essence, don't put up with what is going to cost you your destiny. Take harsh action. In a figurative way, by the way. Take harsh, decisive action to deal with that which is going to push you in the wrong direction. It's very important. The greatest hindrance, actually, to realizing the fullness of our destiny is bad habits that we tolerate. So quickly, let's talk about then fulfilling our destiny. Every one of you here, young people, you are made in God's image. You are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10 says, you are created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has ordained before that you should walk in them. Every one of us here, God placed us here with giftings and talents and abilities and a great future ahead of us. The only thing that will make us realize that future is when we cultivate good habits and we go after our future. Romans 8, 6 says, excuse me, Romans 12, 6 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So we have gifts that are differing. And the Bible says these gifts have come by the grace of God. In other words, we didn't have to work for those gifts. It's God who gave us those gifts. It's a grace that God has given us. The question is, do we know what those gifts are? 
Then it says, verse 7, or ministry, we must wait on our ministering. Now, God has given us different gifts. And oftentimes, we struggle with the fact that we are different from the other person. One of the biggest challenges in life is when you try to live your life being somebody else. And never exploring the fullness of who God has made you. In fact, Dr. Miles Monroe, I was listening to him during the week. And you know, he has these statements that he makes. You know, he talks about what God says about uh, how he created the book of Isaiah. And, and to, to summarize it, this is how it goes. When God creates a thing, and allow me to use the word a thing to refer to us and everybody and creation. So please, I'm not saying you're a thing. I'm just using. When God creates a thing, he places within a thing everything that that thing needs to be successful. Does it make sense? I know that's not good English, Mara. Does it make sense? Yeah. When God creates a thing, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. When you came into this world, God by his grace and his mercy placed in you abilities, gifts, talents. He gave you who you, your, your nature, your personality, everything deposited in you. So what needs to happen in life as you, as you live out your life, as you go to school, as you learn, all of those regimes... And all of those disciplines are just simply meant to unearth what you already are on the inside. <laughs> Truly speaking, it's, it's really not much that we add from the outside. A school doesn't give you a gift. A school just polishes the gift that God has already given you. Now, we can learn skill. We can learn that by the certain gifts that we have. It's a natural gift. It's a God gift. Your personality, it's a God gift. God made you who you are. I mean, God understands. He, he did everything. The Bible, the psalmist says, even God remembers that. He has numbered our hair. For those of us who have lost the original count, God knows. Hey! But all the disciplines and all the good habits is simply meant to unearth what we are on the inside. So, yes, here, here it is. There's, there's more to you than what you realize. <laughs> there's more to you than what we see. There's, there's more to you that, than what has come to the fore. And the more you become disciplined, the more you have good habits, the more you follow the proper discipline, is the more you unearth. You, you are just like a gold mine. Or just like a mine that has precious minerals. As you mine, you, you find them. But the deeper you go into the mine, the more precious. Oh! But it all depends on the good habits. Unfortunately, so many people go through life, no discipline, never develop good habits. Nothing that they, they never deal with those bad habits in a harsh way. They just coast along and hope one day, maybe... Nelaki, Nami, Uzonkumbulu, Kulunku. God says, ah, ah, you will make your way successful. Yeah, you have to, yeah, give this Lord a hand. I think that's a, that's a good place. God has placed in you who you are. The fullness of who you are. In other words, there's already space on God's shelf. 
for you. That you are different from someone else, it shouldn't be a problem. God has room for all of us. God has given you a destiny. Watch this now. Destiny is the highest purpose of your calling. Destiny, by the way, is not a destination such and such, even if it's it's a destiny. It, It unfolds as a process. We've got to answer what God says and get involved in that process of doing what God wants us to do. When God gives us opportunity, I was talking about it in the last service. Paul talks about how we need to live as wise, sensible people. Ephesians 5, 18. He says, see then how you live. Don't live as unwise people. But live as wise, sensible people. He says, buy up every opportunity. We should make sure that even the opportunities that God gives us, we use them. And when we have a chance to advance our lives, we use it. We shouldn't find ourselves being in a place where we don't use what God has given to us. Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? Can I hear an amen? Very often, people don't want to do the following things as I close. Number one, many people are afraid of discomfort. But sometimes to move forward in life, you you must be comfortable with discomfort. Think about it. Sometimes discomfort, it's a sign that you're moving forward or you're growing or it's God whispering to you that the season of change has come. Remember as a young boy, you know, we went out playing, you know, you know, as a young boy, you know, you you, you grow, you know, and there's certain parts of your anatomy at a certain point, they grow faster than others. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And I remember, you used to play, I don't know how to say it in English, you know. So, so you know, we, you and, and as you bend over, all of a sudden you realize, you have fresh air. You fresh air. Go reverse. You know, you're playing marble, and all of a sudden, you go, yay. So you quickly stood, you know, and put your hand at the back. And as you went home, all of a sudden you realize, my pants have been too tight. There was nothing wrong with these pants a few months ago. But all of a sudden, I can't fit in them. My, I'm trying to create more space to fit in my pants. Now, watch this, Bazaar. The last thing you can do is to take those pants and sew them back on. And try to squeeze into them. So, what's your body telling you? Your body is telling you it's time for change. You, you are no longer what you used to be. You are moving forward to another level. Yeah. Some of you, that's why certain things are no longer comfortable for you anymore. Because God is saying you can't be playing at that level anymore. You've been playing at entry level for too long. It's time for you to kupuga. Tell your neighbor, kupuga forward. Yeah. We shouldn't be afraid of discomfort. God will challenge us. God will make us uncomfortable. There are things when you hear, they will make you uncomfortable. There are things after you've read them, they'll make you uncomfortable. Sometimes discomfort comes when you meet people that you grew up with, and when you meet them, they've gone further than you. You can rather choose to use that discomfort in a positive way, or you become jealous or Yeah. Discomfort. So discomfort is a very important thing. Secondly, let's not be afraid to take risks. Take bold risks in your life. 
try to do <laughs> that which you are afraid of. <laughs> now, let me qualify. You need to take calculated risks. All right? Don't be scared to take on things that have been shouting back at you that you are not able to do anything. Number three, be a disciplined person. Discipline will help you not to allow yourself to settle for a mediocre life. You know, it's, it's a sad thing by us when we have been given opportunity, but we settle for mediocrity. And mediocrity comes because people just want to do what's enough. You know, if you're going to be a success in life, you can't just do enough. <laughs> you can't just study enough. You have to do more, more than what other people are doing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Deva, I'm not hearing your amen. Are you all right? Amen. Are you all right? <laughs> Number what? Number four. Hang with people who challenge your life. Hang around with those kinds of people. I like those people. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was in KZN at another church there, and uh, this minister, I've known him now for 24 years. That church has been around for 26 years, and my goodness, what a great church they have. I tell you. So I was there, I was speaking there, and so on, and as I'm looking around, I thought, wow. You know, when you hang around people who are moving on in life, it does something on the inside of you. In the same way, you can hang around people who say, no, life is not worth anything. There's no need. There's no need. There's no need. How many of you are sitting next to somebody? No, no, I'm just, no, no, I didn't say anything now. But the worst thing you can do is to hang around people who are always telling you that they, you are a victim of circumstances. Now, it is true that sometimes life's not fair. We find ourselves in very difficult circumstances. But even then, even then, even when everything has been arranged against you, even then, there's a God in heaven who will take you to another level. Even then, yeah, yeah. You may not get there as quickly as the person who has an advantage. Maroksalai, <laughs> Uzofig. Hey, I said Uzofig now. Hey, Uzofig now. Oksalaya, you'll get there. It might take a long time, but you'll get there. And as I've said in the past, when you get there finally, it changes everything about your life. I'm telling you, Basarana, all you need is just to overcome one thing that you are afraid of, one thing. If it is just to pass metric, you are unstoppable, man. You, you're going to go on and on. Yeah, I'm telling you. So connect with people, therefore, who will take you where you're trying to go. People who will challenge you. Resist the temptation of settling for things that are less than the best. Resist the temptation of always trying to explain, even when you know you really didn't lift up your standard. And finally, surround yourself as well with people who can be mentors to you. People who love you enough to be truthful. Amen. You know, sometimes we, people don't tell us the truth. They are afraid to hurt our feelings. I love mentors. That's like a coach. You know, a coach, when a coach gets hold of you, 
What a coach does is they know that there's more to you than what you are aware of. I was telling them uh, uh, at the Wednesday service, that Wednesday service where I got that Bible, you remember the Wednesday service? I remember the, 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 the Chinese movies we used to watch. How many of you still watch the Chinese movies? Oh, Bruce Lee and all of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love these ones where there'd be, you know, the trainers called the master. And they're training a young a student uh, 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 to become a real professional. So you see, the student comes back, Master, I want to be like you. <laughs> master says, you want to be like me? Say, yeah, Master, I want to be like you. <laughs> he says, go to bed, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> student thinks that Master is going to come to him at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's not what Master had in mind. Two o'clock in the morning, whilst the student is sleeping and dreaming, Master comes and kicks the blankets off, says, get up! And the student is thinking. When he's still thinking about what to do, he just gets a bucket of cold water on the brother. Takes him out, makes him run. Do push-ups and all kinds of things. And, and, and you can see this student is thinking, this guy is killing me! And then the master says, didn't you say you want to be great? Yes, master, I want to be great. He says, then, do what I tell you. And as you're looking, you're thinking, this guy is brutal. This guy is not fair. Why is he doing this to the student? Now, the student has several options. Either you walk away and go back to your mediocrity. You say you want to be like the master? You want his crown? You better understand his cross. Yeah. 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 He's not a master by, by coincidence. He's not a master by impartation. He had to go through the discipline and the regiment of certain things to get to where they got. You want to be the way they are? You got to pay the same price they paid. And for the student who stays the process, they become great. For the other one who walks, they have greatness locked up on the inside of them. But bad habits and lack of discipline made us never to realize who they are. There's a so much that God has deposited in you. Young people, and our prayer for you is that as you go out into tertiary, that you don't stop with what you've already started in terms of good habits. That's our prayer for you. Yeah. Okay. We pray that as you get out there and either you're going, to, uh, you're going to be lodging wherever wherever you'll be staying, that you don't forget the disciplines that brought you where you are. That you don't allow yourself to be distracted to see many other things happen. And for the rest of us, of course, it still applies to us. There's so much more that God wants to do through our lives. Let's bow our heads and, and pray together. We're so grateful, Lord, for today that we can make up our minds to not allow bad habits to be a hindrance in our lives because they shape our destiny. Instead, 
We want to embrace and, and cultivate good habits. As your word has been going forth, each one of us, we examined ourselves and we want to intentionally make that adjustment where we are not living up to the fullness of our potential. Help us all. That we will not allow ourselves to settle for a mediocre life. But we will do what Jesus said. Whatever is a hindrance, we will chop it off. We'll pluck it out. We'll be angry with that which is less than the ordinary. So we pray that your Holy Spirit will speak deeply with our hearts. Some of us today, it's a day to do what you did, Jesus. As we are in the house of God, we want to respond to you as we invite you, Jesus, to come into our hearts to be the Savior and the Lord of our lives. And now, Lord, I pray that your Spirit will speak to the hearts of people, not only in this auditorium, but the many that are live streaming where they are. We know that With you, there's no distance. Holy Spirit, you are present everywhere. And for that reason, we want to thank you. Our heads are bowed, please. Our eyes are closed. Nobody moving around except the ushers who are helping us. Wherever you are, whether you are in this auditorium, in the foyer, in the dome, in the youth hall, in the classrooms, or you are streaming from the other 47 venues all around, if you say, for me, I'm making a decision to invite Jesus Christ into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I don't want to make excuses anymore. I want to come to God just as I am and ask Jesus to come into my heart. I'm not glad. I'm not happy with the way my life is going. I need God to intervene in my life. Would you please pray for me? I want to make a commitment to Christ. That it should come into my heart and be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Our heads bowed, please. Our eyes closed. If that is you and you need the prayer, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. Right where you are in your seat. Just raise your hand. If you need that prayer, just raise it high. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. God bless you. Thank you so much. All over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Even people in the foyer, please. I see one right at the back of the foyer. Thank you. I see that hand. May I ask all of you who raised your hands, would you please stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet, please. Ashas, please help us. Just stand on your feet all over the place, all over the place. Stand on your feet. Yeah. All the way to the back, in the front, and everywhere. Thank you so much. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, if we come to him, we who are heavily laden, he will give us rest. Only he can change our lives and transform us. I want to ask even in the places where you are live streaming, if you could also stand on your feet where you are 
and the people in the youth hall and this is what I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you if you could please take all your belongings in your hands and don't leave them behind because I'm going to ask you please just to come from where you're standing and just walk to the front because I would like to pray with you please just come and the people in the other buildings walk to the front of that building as well just walk to the front of that building please give them a big hand look at all our young people come in the large numbers they're all from Orange Farm my goodness here they come come on Thank you, Lord. 